Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to First Presbyter Evangelical Presbyterian Church, Oregon City. I always get it wrong. And i um, glad that you're here, glad that you can come and worship with us. And I just uh, want to pray and pray that we will just turn our hearts over to God and just let go of all the uh, distractions of the week and just fully be mindful of where we're at and who we're praising this morning. Father God, we're just thankful for your salvation. We're thankful that we are your children, that we can call you Abba, Father, Papa God. And uh, Lord, just thank you for this morning and that we have freedom still, Lord, to come and worship you. And Father, I just pray that our hearts would be completely turned to you, that we would focus on you and give you glory and the praise that you are due this morning. We just thank you so much for your love and your grace that we enjoy every day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You want to stand for worship? singing holy you alone are worthy 
by day we see your redeeming power in our lives as we turn our lives to you lord and you are our healer our shepherd our protector and uh, just our father we just love that father thank you for that and um, lord god we just thank you that we we can take this time and wait for you even in the storms and the hard times you are there and we just we wait on you and we wait on your word out of the depths i cried you in darkest places i will call incline your ear to me Hear my cry for mercy, Lord. Were you to count my sinful ways, 
How could I come before your throne? Yet full of forgiveness meets my gaze. I stand redeemed by grace alone. I will wait for you. I will wait for you. On your word, I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is So put your hope in God alone. Take courage in His power to save. Completely and forever one. By Christ emerging from the grave. I will wait for you. I will wait for you. On your word I will rely. I will wait for you. Surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied. Now he has come to make a way, and God himself has paid the price that all who trust in him today find healing in his sacrifice. Let all who trust in Him today find healing in His sacrifice. I will wait for you, I will wait for you on your word. I will rely, I will wait for you, surely wait for you till my soul is satisfied. I will wait for you, I will wait for you Through the storm and through the night I will wait for you, surely wait for you For your love is my the message. Come on up. Are there any children this morning? I'd like you to come up here, please, if there's any children. Come on up. Yeah. See, I've shopped with my wife enough to know that you need to, well, never mind, you need to carry a bag everywhere you go. <clears throat> One day we were finished shopping. Come on up, kids. Come on up here. I want to tell you a story. Um, 
So one day we were shopping, uh, what seemed to me to be endless, but not to her. Uh, and I went out of the store. I said, babe, I am really so tired. Look at the bags under my eyes. <clears throat> it's just the way I'm wired, you know. <clears throat> well, kids, guess what? I have stories here, and I want to share. Yeah, i got books, full of books here. I want to share one part of this book, which is a whole little story. And guess what old guys have to do when they start to read a book? Oh, glasses, yeah. I know. It gets worse and worse when you, yeah, you get older, it does get worse and worse. That's true. Till you get blind? Yeah. Gets hard to see, yeah, yeah. Well, this is a little book called Miracles of the Bible. And this is a really expensive book. It comes from the dollar store, and I got it back when it was still a dollar. Now it costs a dollar and a quarter. Guess what happened yesterday at the dollar store? They were making announcements that they were running out of quarters. And Ricky looked at me and goes, well, whose fault is that? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> anyway... We have our own humor going at home all the time. Okay. <clears throat> so this is Jesus choosing his first disciples, some of his first disciples. How many of you have ever been fishing? Yeah, uh, several of the first disciples were fishermen. So Jesus was meeting them at the shore of Galilee. And, and here's what happened. One day Jesus saw two boats at the water's edge, he boarded one where he met Peter. Jesus preached to Peter and the others. Then Peter then told Peter to go fish again. Well, Peter was surprised. Uh, he had fished all night, and he, caught, he had not caught anything. I know that feeling. Okay. Uh, that's why they, that, I am the reason they call it fishing instead of catching. Uh, <laughs> But he, but he obeyed Jesus anyway. When the men lifted their nets, they were so heavy with fish, it nearly broke them. Peter said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Because he recognized that Jesus had done a miracle because he was a professional fisherman and caught nothing all night. And Jesus made this happen in just a short time. Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will bring me people instead of fish. Jesus wanted Peter to spread Jesus' teachings. Peter and the others became disciples. That means people who learn from the one they're following. And that day, they became disciples that day and followed Jesus. Jesus wants all of us to be his followers and to tell others about him. Who wants this book? Your hand went up first. Okay. Who wants another book? Because we have other books here. We have all kinds of books here. Who wants a book? Anybody want a book? Come get a book. If you want a book, come get a book. There's books. There's books. There's books. There's books. There's books. There's books. And there's more books. And uh-oh, here's some games. Oh, man, Bible cards. Who, who wants a game? Oh, you want a game? Games? Okay. All right, good. 
Oh, cool. Oh, this is colors. Me. Look, you. <laughs> me, colors. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, so you guys can be dismissed now, and you can go to, you can go to children's church. Go, go to your classes, okay? You want to go to your classes? Get a book. If you didn't get a book, get a book. Get a book. Do you have a friend that needs a book? You can take a book for a friend. I have lots of books. You want a book for a friend? Yeah. Okay, cool. Choose a book, any book. That one? Oh, that's a good book, yeah. Oh, look at this. One, two, three, Bible, one, two, three, stickers. Wow, cool. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, that was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> Glad you all could be patient while I did that. And now I have something very important that I found in this bag just this morning. And uh, if Ricky's watching at home, she may cry when she reads this. Hey, I still have a book left too. Another book. All right. Any of you that want to take books home for kids, grandkids, you're welcome to do that. Uh, so I found this hidden in that bag of books. I love you, Grandma. Isn't that cool? So, babe, if you're watching, I don't know which one of our grandkids wrote this, but it was in the bag of Bible storybooks. That's just pretty cool. You know, that's kind of the things that we live for as we get older. The I love you, Grandma, I love you, Grandpa, means a whole lot. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the children that are here. Uh, just pray, Lord, that you continue to work in their hearts. You've put them in an excellent church with people of God who love them. They could be in no better place until it's time to go to heaven. Thank you, Lord, for that. And thank you for these people of God who've committed themselves. Time after time, I've heard them commit themselves verbally commit themselves at baby baptisms and baby dedications. We will do our best to stand with these parents to see to it that these children have a good place to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And Pastor has had us promise to do that, and we've done that. And this church is following through with that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Now, Lord, what you've given me today to share, I understood after I got here, and I praise you for it, Lord. I ask that the words that I speak would bring life and light and joy and peace to all who hear. Bring encouragement, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> I had a, an exciting experience in the last couple weeks. Uh, the, a tooth pulled, a tooth pulled, a uh, root canal, uh, to which I pulled out a, a thing on my phone showing where I had given my sister-in-law a free root canal. I dug this ditch in her yard and had to dig through a lot of roots, and I called it a free root canal. <clears throat> My dentist didn't get it, but anyway, <clears throat> um, he didn't get it free either, so that's, that kind of happened as well. But 
he's a great person and did a good job. And when he gave me the shots, me being me, of course, informed him when he was asking, had the shots taken effect? I said, yes, you have made me a numbskull. So <clears throat> that, that was my response to my, and then he began shutting me up by opening my mouth, <clears throat> which goes different. So this morning, I'd like to share from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, and I'm going to read it from the King James Bible that Jesus used. That's a joke. Uh, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are you able now. For you are are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you uh, envying and strife and divisions, and you are, are not... Are you not carnal and walk as men? For while, I, for while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have, believed, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase." So then, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and watereth are one, and every man shall receive of his own shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Um, so what was the the context is? In the church at Corinth, they were arguing among each other in a modern setting, something like this. Well, Pastor Bruce led me to the Lord, so I really got saved. Well, that's nothing. I was listening to Billy Graham on TV, and I gave my life to the Lord So I was one of the millions that got saved because of his ministry. Like that's some big mark of achievement. And another, well, this famous other evangelist came to our church and that's when I got saved. And I'm telling you, it really changed my life because he's the best. It doesn't matter. Why does it make a difference? Paul is saying, ah, that, that's not important. That is not important. It's God that saves us. It is God that saves us. It is Jesus that died for us. No other person died for you. Jesus died for you and me. And he's the Savior. How you get the message is how you get the message. But... While he says that's not really important, in our lives, those people are important to us. We respect them. But it shouldn't be a one-upsmanship about anything in the kingdom of God because we are all sheep. And Jesus is the good shepherd. 
I love Pastor Bruce and Jenny. I feel they're the greatest. <laughs> but you know what? Jesus is the greatest. Jesus is the greatest, and they would say the same thing and do say the same thing. They have a reward, though, because they're doing exactly what they were called to do. They were called to do this part, the pastoring of all of us, the leading of us. And Jenny does such a wonderful job leading in worship and helping us to come into the presence of God. And the people this morning, you're following still the leadership of Jenny in how we lead people into the kingdom. Just as a little aside, there is something about worship leading that you must know. You can't lead somebody to a place you haven't been. And these people have to live a good Christian life close to God and worship God every day to be effective leading us to worship God on Sunday. You can't lead somebody to a place you haven't been. And they must be there daily in their own personal lives. And they are. They love God. So they walk it out. They're not putting on a show. They're helping us into the presence of God and reminding us why we're here. <clears throat> They're not getting God's attention. <laughs> They're getting our attention on God. We don't have to get God's attention. He's with us everywhere, always. They're getting our attention on the fact that He's meeting with us here, living with us daily and meeting with us here. The presence of God is here. And that's part of why we've come to this place to worship. Other people have different jobs. There are those who are meeting with children right now and helping them to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's a young man that we all know here. Is, is Dominic here today? He's, yeah. Hey, Dominic. I'm talking about you. <laughs> I thought about calling you up here, and then I thought, well, how many shades of red does, uh, is there? So I decided not to do that because I love you. You know I love you. He's already a shade of red. Okay, so <clears throat> Dominic uh, informed me when he came uh, to meet me the first time, second time at Teen Challenge, sorry, the second time at Teen Challenge, after he'd come for an early visit to tour the place, uh, Christine brought him back, and he became one of the most wonderful young men of God that I've ever gotten acquainted with. But he began to tell me about his church and his pastor. And he said, they led me right. They taught me right. And this person in the church, and this person in the church, and he goes, well, the whole church. They just led me right. It's the best place I could have ever grown up. You need to know one of the reasons a young man is following God on this day is because there was a Sunday school teacher. 
there was people in the church that all treated him and lived in such a way that God was honored among you in his presence, and he knew the right way. Didn't follow the right way always, but knew the right way. Felt the love of God from his church and from his pastor. And he never doubted that that was real. And immediately upon coming back to God in his life, he honored you for what you've done. Now, everybody here wasn't a teacher of his. Only one was the senior pastor. But he had a mom. He had a dad. And Chris and Christine raised him to follow God. He always was loved and always knew it. That's important. As a matter of fact, it's crucial. And every person here played a role in that who was here as he was being raised. So there was pastors and teachers and Chris and Christine and a whole church. Now last time when I was here, I shared that our son Levi uh, <clears throat> had done about everything wrong a person could do in his life and served several years in prison in his life. And I heard a gasp from the crowd. <gasps> <clears throat> well, I'm going to share something with you today that you need to know. You see, these things happened just briefly in his life. He had a mom. He had a stepdad. He had a gang member a 911 operator and a policeman and a neighbor upstairs that all pay, played a crucial part in his life. See, he told me that he didn't believe like I did. But there was the day when he was in prison that he said, can I call you dad? And it was the best day of my life. I said yes, and I began to have one of those relationships where I got to be the dad he never had before. But before I ever entered the thing, there was a mom, a mom that got an I love you grandma thing from a grandkid, a mom that loved always, a mom that loved always. So, mom had unconditional love, and that was from an early time when he began his rebellion, long before that, when he was born. A mother's love just doesn't end. He had constant encouragement from her to change. But then mom received encouragement. I see about six years ago or seven, there was a young man from Teen Challenge that stood right here. And Ricky and I were sitting down here. 
Levi was in prison. I believe he was in prison at that time. If not, he was out doing something wrong <laughs> because that was Levi. But we were sitting down here. And a young man named Joey, you remember Joey. You sponsored him. A young man named Joey stood here and gave his testimony. At that point, Ricky had never heard of Teen Challenge. And Joey stood here and told of the entire godless situation that he had been raised in and how he'd been in prison and part of his time in prison, he went by and made a point to laugh at and make fun of all the Christians in prison. He was a really bad guy. And he came to Jesus. And his life was changed. And he gave a wonderful testimony of God doing a miracle in his life. And Ricky looked at me. You understand, you get tired when you're hoping your son or your daughter or your relative comes to Jesus and they're just not. They're just not. They're just not. And you get tired and you get worn. But listen to me. Joey stood right here and told about his life and Ricky looked at me in tears flowing down her face and said, Jesus can still save Levi. There's still hope for Levi. And her faith was renewed and her heart to, to keep pressing on and keep loving that boy and keep her hope and her faith strong because a young man stood here because our pastor invited them to come and we were encouraged. We were strengthened. You see how that works? You see how that works? Everybody gets tired of trying to be a good witness. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. And you may not be alive to see it. So now, I'm going to go on. Because you remember, he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive according to his own labor. But it's God that gives the increase. I got to be a dad. And Levi and I formed a very close relationship. He would hug me. He would put his head on my shoulder and hug me one of those dear hugs. And he's a 30-something-year-old man hugging me like that because he had a dad that actually loved him and cared about him. He'd never had that before. How did he come to that knowledge? Well, I told him I loved him. But then I did show him I loved him. He'd get out and do silly stuff and end up with his car out of gas on the other side of Portland. And, you know, he's high and he can't get home. And mom, can you come? And, and dad would get out of bed. Sometimes dad and mom, sometimes just dad. But dad always got out of bed. 1.30, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, didn't matter. Go get Levi. Bring him home to safety. Go get Levi in his car. Bring him home to safety. 
one day Ricky just had it and said, Levi, you got to grow up. Don't call us again. You got to grow up. That's tough love and it's good. But I was not a real good husband. I went to him and I said, you know how mom said she's not going to come get you anymore? You call me. I don't care where it is or what time it is. I'll come and get you. I didn't love him more. She loved him more than anybody could. That was his mom. But I wanted him to know dad was never giving up. Tough love is right. It is a right thing. But there's also a time when somebody's never had a dad that somebody needs to step up and just say, but I am here and I will always be here. Certain things are not allowed in my house, but I will always be here. Okay. So I gave him unconditional love, and what an honor that was. My prayer for him became the prayer that I've always prayed over my children. It comes from Isaiah chapter 54. All your children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of your children. And I prayed this prayer over my kids, and I changed it when Levi came into my life. I prayed the prayer, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of my children. And I stood on that, and I never budged off of it. When one of my children became an alcoholic, and I didn't know if he was dead or alive for most of nine years, that was still my prayer. And don't you know the devil came to me going, ha, 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 you think all of your children, but ha, 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 I'm going to get this one. You better stop praying that because you issued a challenge that I'm taking and I'm going to take your kid out. And I went, get behind me, Satan. All of my children shall be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of my children. And I just began praying it more often. And then Levi came into my life and my prayer changed. All of my children, including Levi, will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of my children, including Levi. And then people at the center, they knew about Levi. I'll pray for him. And every time I'd see some of them someplace, how's your son doing? Praying for him still. Do you understand? A lot of people went into this. And I would not back down from my prayer. I believed Levi was going to come to God. Even if it was after I died, I didn't care when. My faith was holding strong, and I was not backing off. I didn't even have to see it to believe it. Because if you don't believe until you see, that's not faith at all. That's just sight. You're just reporting the news. <laughs> Seeing is not believing. Then I consistently affirmed my, my prayer with thankfulness to God. Thank you, God, for making this come to pass because I knew I wasn't the one who was going to make it come to pass. Some sow, some water. God gives the increase. And then I had a privilege two years ago. 
on January 9th. Our son had come home. Well, just some things happened just before that that I'll share. But he had come home. He'd been with us for about a week. And he, his, his health was just failing. It was just, he was just skin and bones, and he was obviously on his way out. And he called me into the bedroom. He said, Dad, come here. And he had me sit down on the edge of the bed. And he asked me, he could see some Kleenexes there in, in a little pile where he'd just thrown them. And he said, does that look like Satan to you? And I said, no, it doesn't. Is that bothering you, son? He goes, yeah. I said, well, throw it away. I took it and threw it away, and I came back. While I was throwing it away, I realized what was going on. I looked at him, and I said, Levi, are you scared? That young man was never scared of anything. I said, are you scared? Are you afraid? And he said, I am. And I said, oh, son, there is no reason to be afraid. We need to take care of that. Would you like me to pray with you? You just need to get things right with God. I said, everyone has done wrong things. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God is what the Bible says. That means everybody's done wrong things. Me and everybody else. There's no exceptions. That's the end of that story. And the Bible also says the time will come and has come where whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So let's pray. And he said, oh, okay. And he said every word after me and meant it. And we prayed and he asked God to forgive him of his sins and to take him to heaven when he died. And, and I, at the end we said amen. And I looked at him and I said, do you know what the word amen means? And he goes, uh, no. <laughs> he Never been around anything religious. Amen was something he thought people said in prayers, but he didn't know what it was. I said it means, so be it. It's done. It's sealed. It's done. I said, you're on your way to heaven. Whatever happens and whenever it happens. And he gave me a big hug, and I hugged him. And I said, I got to go tell mom. <laughs> I got to go tell mom there would be no consolation for her if she didn't know. And I went in and she came in and they hugged and it was just a wonderful time. The next morning, as was his custom, he got up early to go out on the front porch and smoke. And he went out on the front porch but didn't take any cigarettes with him. He just went out there and sat down and peacefully went to be with the Lord. We've got a son in heaven. We're going to see him again. Do you understand? In due season you reap if you faint not. Keep doing what you're doing. It doesn't matter which job you have. That doesn't matter. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Let me tell you some other people who had a part in this. Of all the people in the world who would expect, a gang member in Levi's gang called him one day. It's about a, about a year before he passed away. 
gang member called him. And he came into our room, Dad, this, this guy from my gang's on the phone. I want you to listen to him. He put it on speakerphone. And Ricky and I were laying there in bed. And Levi's flopped out on top of us <clears throat> and with a speakerphone going. And this guy is telling him, Levi, you need to get yourself right with God. It's the right thing. You need to do that. And I'm thinking, man, God puts his people everywhere. There is like no place there's not somebody to tell you about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? In a gang, one of the members had given his life to Christ, but he stayed part of the gang, and he keeps telling everybody there, you need to get your life right with God. Praise God for that guy. After he was done, Levi said, what do you think about that? I said, I think God's sending you a message through that guy. I don't know him, but yeah, I agree with him. <laughs> a gang member, part of Levi's call to accept Jesus. A neighbor upstairs. You see, we live, we live in an apartment. Ricky's the manager of a bunch of apartments. Think like eight or nine apartment complexes and a house. She's busy all the time. But a guy lives right above us, lived right above us. He's not there anymore. He and his wife. And uh, he came home from work one day. In the middle of the day, he wasn't supposed to be home, but they just said, go on home. So he came home. Ricky and I were out of town, and Levi and a girlfriend had done too much drugs downstairs, and she started screaming because he died. His heart stopped. And she just started screaming. And Tom came running downstairs, called 911, got on Levi, gave him mouth-to-mouth, and started chest compressions and kept him going until the, until the paramedics could get there. And they Narcaned him and brought him back. And Tom said, man, you need to get your life right with God. This was too close. You were dead. And of course, Levi refused to go to the hospital. He just stayed there. And we were, we were told about it on our way, but we were miles away. We couldn't get there. But you know what? A neighbor upstairs that was not supposed to be home. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Tom. What a neighbor, huh? <laughs> what a neighbor. He gave him mouth-to-mouth and compression, uh, chest compressions, and he knew Levi had had uh, COVID. He didn't care. He's going to bring him back. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Who else? Well, a 911 operator about a week before Levi passed. We called the 911 because Levi had called Ricky and couldn't get through. He finally got through, and he couldn't speak. He just said, Mom, Mom, help. Well, we had no idea where he was. He was in his car somewhere. We had no idea where he was. And so I called a 911 operator on my phone, 
and we ask, can you ping his phone? And he goes, nah, they won't do that. And I said, but he goes, they probably won't do it, but I'd like to try. What you'll have to do is hang up your phone where you have connection with him. Because he just, no matter how much she yelled in the phone or whatever, he could not respond anymore. He was out. And she, she was thinking, I can't hang up my phone. Then I've lost contact with him. I can't hang. And the 911 operator talked her into hanging up her phone. And it was the hardest thing she ever did to break that connection. And that 911 operator went to bat and got them to ping the phone. And he sent the police. They sent the police, and the police went there, and the police called us, told us where he was. He would not take any help from them, but told us where he was. We went and caught him. Again, Dad brought his car home. <laughs> we brought him home. He was home for a week with us, and then he went to see Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the 911 operator. Thank you, Lord, for all the things. Many other times in his life, he shouldn't have lived through the things that happened, but God spared him. God spared him. See, all my children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of my children. And I still say it, and I still stand by it, and I still pray it and thank God for it every day. So I just want you to be encouraged at whatever place you may be, So I want to share a word with you about two things. Well, first this thing. I have seen Levi since he went to heaven. I don't know if it was a vision or a dream, but it was in the night. And you know that picture we have up here sometimes during worship we used to have this man standing with his hands like this at the ocean and he's just praising God. Yeah. I saw a man doing that. And it was like in a movie. The camera panned around and it was Levi's face. And he was just saying, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And tears streaming down, tears of joy. Thank you, God. And he didn't look like he looked when I saw him last. He looked like he was in his early 20s and strong and healthy. And he's just standing and thanking God over and over and over for where he was. I want you to know that puts peace in a dad's heart. Whether it was a dream or it was a vision, I don't care. Thank you, God, for showing me that. It really is a blessing. And then there's a guy, a young guy named Gary uh, at Evangel College. Uh, I, I went to Evangel College in Springfield, Missouri. And Gary worked at the college, but he was graduating from the seminary. He was uh, getting ready to graduate. And I said, Gary, what are you going to do when you graduate? And he said, well, I'll keep working here, I guess. And I said, what? Do you, you have a plan? He goes, no. He said, I know God. 
has a calling that he's going to put on my life, and I've decided to prepare myself. And so he went all the way through college and seminary to prepare himself for whatever God would call him to do. And I said, what do you think it'll be? He said, I actually have no idea. And I actually don't care if what he wants me to do is go to Arizona, get out in the middle of the desert, and preach to one cactus on one day. I will bring that message with my whole heart to that cactus. And if God says, that's it, that's all I wanted, I will be content. And I'll go back and go to work. But I want to be ready for whatever God calls me to do. And it doesn't really matter to me what it is. I just have been led to get ready. Now, I haven't heard from Gary. He may be pastoring a huge church, or he may have gone to Arizona (laughs) and preached to a cactus. I don't know. What I am confident of is that he is humble, and he is willing to serve God no matter what God asks him to do. He will do it. And he will be satisfied with that because it's for God. That's who redeemed him. So he's satisfied with it. Does not need accolades. Does not need uh, notoriety. He doesn't need that. So I'll be ready to do whatever God wants me to do. Praise God for people like Gary. He was ready. And he still is. I have no idea what he's doing. So, God does not, this is the last thing I have to say. Thank God for that, because it's getting warm outside, right? (laughs) God, I don't know how to really say this well for you. God doesn't bring anybody into the path of your life for no reason at all. Everybody that comes across your path that you have any interaction with, there is a reason that they are in your life. You do not have to preach at everybody. I never preached at Levi. He informed me early on, I don't believe like you believe. And I said, that's just fine, but I'm proud of you. You're my son. And he goes, you're proud of me? You can't be proud of me. Yes, I am. I'm not proud of everything you've done, but I'm proud of you. And I tell everybody you're my son. I am so proud of you. You have something to do, something to say, someone to encourage, If anybody is brought across your path, it's for a reason, and God has put you in the plan for a reason. If you're a 911 operator or a policeman, if you're whoever you are, whatever you do, God has you there for a reason. Do what the reason is with all your heart as unto the Lord, and be happy. Be happy. Cameron is with us now. Cameron is, Cameron's at our home and she is with us now for a little while and she's had help from people in this church 
She's our granddaughter, Levi's daughter. God put you in her life for a reason. Amazing. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you put us in a place not requiring us to give the increase. It's not a merit system where uh, if we do one job, it's greater than another. But you ask us to do whatever job we've been presented with. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. This morning, I was presented with the job of bringing your word to your people. And they are your people, the sheep of your pasture. And Jesus Christ, you have died and rose again for all of us. You're the one that does the work. Thank you for that. And you give the increase, Lord. I pray for each one of us that you would help us to not grow weary. Send a Joey into our lives to help our strength to be renewed when we need that. Help us to be that for somebody else when they need strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, do you stand amazed in the presence of Jesus? I do. Why don't we stand and sing that this morning? I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene And wonder how he could love me A sinner condemned unclean Singing how marvelous, how wonderful And my song shall ever be How marvelous, how wonderful Is my Savior's love suffered and died alone, singing how marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And with the ransom and glory, His face I God. So thank you, Lord, for, for this time that we've had together. Thank you for all of your blessings, Father. And thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that's been here to speak to our hearts while we hear what you have to say and what you have done. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would be with each one. Would you please repeat with me, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. Get in where it's cool today. Tomorrow will be better. Amen. So is there, is there uh, snacks? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God bless you all.